I believe God is doing things. When I think of this ministry, I think of the world. You know why? Because I believe anything less than that would not be worthy of the cause of Christ nor his will for my life or yours. Welcome to the Destined to Win podcast with pastor and teacher Tim Masters. Pastor Tim is the senior pastor of Victorious Life Christian Center in Flagstaff, Arizona. I'm Joe Harding, inviting you to join us for worship services Sunday mornings at 10 a.m. at the Flagstaff Middle School Complex. For more information on the ministries of Victorious Life Christian Centers or to make a donation, visit us online at vlccaz.org. That's vlccaz.org. Now with today's message, here's Pastor Tim Masters. We're going to pick up where we left off last week in our series, uh, A Journey of Hope. And so I've I've got a lot of ground to cover, even though uh, it's... I want to recap, if you have your notes, we're using the same notes in your bulletin that we had last week, and we're going to start at uh, Roman numeral 2, what, what do I do to develop a vision? And I'm just going to recap just a little bit as I get into the meat of today's sermon. We talked about directors, we talked about uh, movie directors and how they have to see the movie before the movie's ever on the screen. And we talked about James Cameron and, and other uh, movies. You know, boggles my mind is people like people like a Spielberg, and uh, and uh, who's the other guy that did the space movies? Who? Lucas Spielberg and and Lucas and and uh, you know just how they can see these things that are so far beyond the imagination. That just shows you how good God is. He gives us the ability to see things that nobody else can see. But that's what vision is all about. And my heart as a pastor is what I believe the Word of God tells a pastor his heart is supposed to be, and that is a heart that grows people. My job is not just to to pacify people with good good teaching or or some great uh, oratory uh, achievement. It is to grow people. That is God's word for every pastor. And thank God that the pastors that we have in this church, Pastor Ray, Pastor Philemon, the leaders we have in this church, they have the same objective because that's the vision of this church: is to equip the is save souls, equip the saints, and build the kingdom. Last week, I started a part of the series that was, uh, or two weeks ago, a series within the series to help us understand 
God has a purpose, a plan, a pursuit, which we could basically call a vision for your life. And your job is to find it. As a pastor, one of our jobs is to help you find it. So I laid down four things last week. I'm just going to recap them really quick. The first thing to, to develop a vision is you have to see a vision. You got to see what God has for your life. <coughs> you see, visionary, which is somebody that has a vision, sees into the future to generate possibility. Listen to this first in his or her eye, and then he brings it to the eyes of others. And then in your notes, uh, I, mean, I, I didn't have enough room, so I probably didn't leave it. I talked about Michelangelo and, and how he would look at a, at a rock. He would look at a stone, a great piece of marble, and he would stare at that sometime for hours, for days, for weeks. I remember one of his protégés were asking him one time, Master, what are you looking at? And he said, there's an angel in that stone, and I have come to set her free. See, he saw the angel, he saw the sculpture, he saw what was there. And then he did the second thing, he stepped towards the vision. This is a huge issue with people when you're trying to find out what God has in your life is we have this difficulty of stepping out of our comfort zone. There's a definition for a word called insanity. And it is doing the same thing over and over expecting different results. Can I tell you something? If you always do what you always done, you always get what you always got. Ain't good English, but it's great preaching. You got to step toward the vision. Michelangelo leaned into that rock, into that marble, that granite chunk. You see, when God begins to show you, and every single person, God has given you glimpses of the purpose, the passion, the pursuit, the vision for your life. But you've got to step toward, you've got to do something. I shared with you how Alexander Graham Bill is known today because he did something simply two weeks earlier than another guy by the name of Elisha Gray. Elisha Gray actually came up with the formula to invent the, the telegraph. But he sat on it. He did nothing. Folks, if you want to see dreams come true, you got to wake up. And I made a statement that God's plan is always done. But God's will is not always done. It may be God's will for you to do something. But you choose not to step into it. You choose not to step out of the comfort zone. You choose not to get out of the boat. And so what happens is God finds somebody else. You see, God's plan is always done. God's will is not always done. The third thing that I brought out last week was that we have to sacrifice for the vision. Oh, this is the tough part. It costs. It costs to see a vision come to pass. It costs to see what God has placed in your heart come to fruition. When my wife and I began Victorious Life uh, a little over six years ago, I shared with her for, for a long time uh, before, because I've been pastoring for almost 35 years. And, uh, you know, my wife and I, as most of you know, this is our second marriage. Uh, and if you want to know the details about it or if that offends you enough to go ahead and leave, you've never heard that before. Praise the Lord. But the reality, that's what it is. And 
and I've been pastoring for many, many years, and my wife and I got married, and, and her sole desire, it was interesting, God took her through Bible school, God took her through college, God took her through so much stuff, just because he knew she was going to meet me. How blessed am I? But I shared with her for a long time. I said, sweetheart, you don't know, you don't understand what it means to start a church. You don't understand. And I'm, here I'm talking to somebody that's, that's more mature than most people I ever know. And I'm telling her all these things. She said, we can do it. We can do it. We can do it. I said, honey, you don't understand. Pastor Philemon was talking about oppression this morning. And the reality is there's struggles, there's difficulties. And I shared those things with her. And, and she said, well, let's just, let's just do it anyway. I said, sweetie, it's going to cost us everything. And it does. And it has, and it will. But you know what? We said, okay. There's a cost. There's a cost. And you see what God has done in the last few years for that sacrifice. The fourth thing, real quick, is you can't do it alone. You have to enlist help. You know why Victoria's life has become what Victoria's life has come? Not because of my wife and I, but because of men and women who have risen up to say, Yes, I see the vision. I want to be a part of it. Where do I sign up? And they jumped in and they jumped on board. And then we brought uh, a, a couple of tremendous pastors on staff with us, one in full-time position, one in a lay position. But as God continues, we had people sign up to help with the vision. Then I made a statement that God really wants to make a difference. But it takes commitment. He really wants to make a a difference. Then I took you into the scripture and made a very bold statement. Because a lot of people think that it's all, that when I get saved, everything should be better. Sometimes when you get saved, can I tell you something? Things get worse. Why? Because before you were saved, you were on the devil's side. And then you got saved, and now the devil's opposing your side. And he makes sure that he jacks up anything he can mess up. He will just come in and jump in there. And Jesus told the disciples, he told everybody listening in Matthew chapter 10, look what he said. Don't think that I've come to bring peace on the earth. You know, we think, well, if Jesus is there, it's going to be peaceful. Some of the greatest storms that ever happened was when Jesus showed up. Don't think I brought peace on the earth. I didn't come bring peace. I came to bring a sword. He said, I came to make people choose life or death, right or wrong, good or bad. He said, I come to turn a man against his father, a daughter against his mother, against her mother. A man's enemies will be the members of your own household. How many of you in this room, don't show your hand, but think about it for a second. How many have some of your family disowned you because you've left a different religion to become a Christian? Or you stood against what the old tradition used to be. Everybody gets fall down drunk on July 4th. And you don't. Well, what happened to you? Jesus? Oh, you're one of those holier than thou's now. You're one of those goody two-shoes. Anybody relate to these things? He said, the members of your own household... And then God made a very strong statement. Jesus is speaking. Look what he said. Anyone who loves mother, son, father, daughter more than me is not my follower. 
They're not worthy of me. This is hard stuff. You see, the purpose, the plan, the pursuit, the vision that God has for your life is costly. How much, pastor? Just your life. Then I left you with homework last week. I made two statements. Because when you answer these two statements, you find your vision. What is God's purpose? What's God's purpose? Answer these two statements. If I had fill in the blank, I would fill in the blank. And hopefully you went and took that home and spent time pouring yourself over it and saying, God, wow, that's, that's interesting. You see, well, the truth of it is, if, if you had anything, anything you wanted, unlimited time, unlimited money, unlimited information, unlimited staff, all the resources you could possibly have or ask for, what would you do? That answer is your vision. Real simple. You see, it's not rocket science to find God's purpose in our lives. It's not rocket science. I've had people over the years, most of you know that before I got saved, I was in the entertainment business. I was doing really well. I had records that were playing on the radio stations across America. I had records in jukeboxes. The last time that I was in Flagstaff, before I started pastoring in Flagstaff, I was playing at the zoo. I was playing at the museum club. I was playing at a place called DJ's. I had set in over play, older places, Shaky Drake's. Remember those places? I used to play music all over Flagstaff. The irony of irony, God said, okay, you came to play his song. Now I brought you back to play my song. And so you see, God has been doing incredible things. But all that time, God has been developing the purpose and passion of my life. And I had to come to a decision. If I had anything, I would do everything. Quickly, Roman numeral three. I'm going to take you into the nuts and bolts. Now that I understand a vision, now that I have a vision, now that I know what it means to have this vision, what do I do? Well, ladies and gentlemen, it doesn't start with anybody but you. Your vision will not come to pass because of me. Your vision will not come to pass because of your husband, your wife, your family, your friends, your employer, your employees. Your vision comes to pass because of you. I broke this down into two different scenarios. First, I'm going to talk about me personally and why we have a church, why we have victorious life here before us, why we have all the things. These are the issues that I have to look at. Why? Because it all starts with us. Our vision, though important, is impossible to achieve without other people coming on board with you, but without you rising up and saying, this is what we're going to do. Conrad Uh, Adonar said, we all live under the same sky, but we don't all have the same horizon. We all live under the same sky, but we don't all have the same horizon. When it comes to victorious life, I'm going to turn this personal. I'm going to turn this inward to me, and then I'm going to make it personal with you. When it comes to the vision of victorious life, I have to understand a few things. The credibility of the vision of Victorious Life Christian Center relies solely upon me as the pastor. It doesn't rely upon Pastor Philemon, Pastor Ray, or the leaders of this church. 
You see, the vision relies upon a man, a woman, a person before it could ever come to birth. Once again, Michelangelo, he might have incorporated other people to help him, but he saw the angel in that granite stone. Steven Spielberg and, and uh, the other guys, Lucas and uh, the guy that did Titanic. What's his name? Who? Cameron. They saw the end of the movie before they ever saw the beginning. Interesting, interesting. Isaiah 46 said God created the end before he created the beginning. You see, God knows the whole story of your life. And he just wants you to get involved in it. You say, Pastor, what if I, what if I don't get it? Am I not saved? Am I going to go to hell? Not at all. God will just use somebody else. And you'll, you just miss out on that part of God's plan for your life. Some of you are sitting back saying, whew, whew. But I encourage you with all of my heart. I look out here at Victorious Life. I look at what God has done in the last few years. Could you imagine if I would have missed all this? The credibility of the vision lies solely upon me as the senior pastor. I am the one that has to initiate and continue to bring out the purpose, the plan, the pursuit, the passion of everything. The second thing that you'll see on the screen is the acceptance of the vision is based on my ability to help everyone understand it, to help people to see what I see. That's why week in and week out, (coughs) week in and week out, I'm talking about the plans. I'm talking about your life and, and God's purpose in your life and how it pertains to victorious life and how it pertains to your individual life. The acceptance of the vision is based on people understanding it, seeing the things that I see. The third thing here, talking about me personally as a pastor and the vision in my life, the significance of that vision is determined by our commitment to it. You see, we could never have accomplished everything that you see today if I was up here just trying to do it by myself. That's why you have to bring people on board. You have to get people involved in your life. They've got to become committed to it. And they become committed when they see it's worthwhile. Which brings me to the next point, number four, is the value of the vision is determined by the direction it gives and takes. When we first started this church at the La Quinta Hotel, uh, January 3rd, 2010, I would stand up there and I would, I, would, I would speak the vision. I would share what God is going to do. Nine months later, God brought us into this building. Can I tell you the people that were in the La Quinta Hotel at that time, and many are in this in this room, Bill and, and Kylie Miller and, and uh, the Osorios and the, uh, the uh, Brooks and, and several of you, if I'm missing your name, please don't get offended. Okay? Lots of them are in that are, that are been with us from literally the beginning are still with us. Some have moved on. That's what happens. It's called life. And so they were sitting in that room. And can I tell you? I had to do everything in my ability to help them see what they've never seen, that they might do what they've never done, that we could get where we've never gone. And that was in this place. And so when we first walked into this place and we set it all up, the 
see the vine, the grapevines right there on the two sides? That's where this room ended when we first walked into here. This platform was down to where the first step was, and this little center section was the whole platform. First time I brought Pastor Philemon in to preach for us. He's preaching on this little eight-foot-wide thing. I just told him, be careful. The fall isn't much, but it will hurt. So he you know, walked around here, and then guess what happened? As the church began to grow. You say, well, Pastor, how did it begin to grow? Your eyes began to see more than you ever saw, that we could do more than we'd ever done. Am I making sense today? See, this is what vision does. It begins to birth things. It begins to grow things. It begins to develop things. The value of the vision is determined by the direction. And now here in a few weeks, we have a new building that we're going into. Our building. We're not sharing it with anybody. Oh, we may eventually have other ministries and different things. But it would be our place, 24 hours a day, 7 days a week. And we may have church going on 24-7. As, as Ed Scott and I were talking, and I've talked to uh, the Jaramillos and the Valenzuelas and stuff, one of the part of the vision that I have when we get to our new building is to actually start multilingual services. Now listen to me. I'm not talking about starting a Spanish church or a different church. I'm talking about having Spanish, Navajo, Hopi people right in our own building because a lot of people in today's culture, they want to go to an English-speaking church. They just don't understand it fully. So we're going to have headphones. We're going to have different things like that that people can listen to, but yet they can still listen to the English. So one of these days we might have Ed Scott in a booth someplace interpreting in Navajo for all the Navajo folks that can't understand everything. We might have, I started to say, uh, Victor Valenzuela, but he says, no, nah, that's not the good one. Marissa Valenzuela in a booth interpreting for the Spanish folks. And we got, again, yeah, a little Roxanne. I, I had heard that Roxy is a... So we might, you know. Oh, you vote Roxanne. Marissa voted you, Roxanne. And I bet you're voting Marissa, aren't you? Yeah, that's what's happening. And then we have Hopi people that come to our church. You say, well, pastor, what happens if they start growing? Then we start their own service. The only thing in that statement that I would change is the word if, because they will. Why? Because somebody has a vision to see what they don't see. And so we pour ourselves into it. This is why we have what we have today. This is why we do. The success of the vision, the last point, only comes together as we start to own that. When we left the La Quinta Hotel, some people didn't go with us because they couldn't see this. The people that did come, they see it and they've seen God do great things. And the people that are going to go with us to the next building. You say, Pastor, you mean some people may not go? They may not. There's another church potentially going to come in here for a little while. They may decide to stay here. See, a lot of us like to be where we like to be. And it may be a location. It may be a facility. But this is all the picture of me personally and how what you see today has come to pass. Let me take it from me to you. You see, as a pastor, I am as committed as I can to make every ministry and minister in this church as successful as they can be.
and to help them fulfill every part of the vision that God has birthed in them. That is my passion. It's to grow you, to do what you've never done, to go where you've never gone, to see what you've never seen. That is the passion that keeps me going. To see the vision of victorious life, as I've already shared, came because of committed men and women who put the work of God above everything else. There are people, when it comes snow time, I have a dear friend, Jack Klaus, who is in charge of our snow team. Folks, him and Patty, but listen to me, him and Patty many times are here by themselves because the other people have said, count me in, can't be counted on. So we need to build our snow. I don't know if anybody looked at the peaks. It's drizzling white already. Deck the halls with balls of holly. Pastor Philemon and I, he's, he's kind of shaking his head because he and I have been in the middle of the savannah in Africa. And I start singing, and he starts singing with me. Come on together. Fa la 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 See, there, I told you. But it's already drizzling white. So we need to make sure that men and women come alongside of Jack and Patty and say, sign me up. I will be there. And give them an email that works. And a cell phone that's accurate. And then when they call, be there. Well, you know, they don't call. Folks, if there's snow on the ground, you show up. See, this is what we do. We all go above and beyond. Because it's more than just being counted in. It is able to be counted on. Let me talk about you personal. I'm helping you to develop a vision. To find a vision. And the only way we do that, ladies and gentlemen, is for us to go beyond ourselves. As the title of this sermon is, we have to see beyond ourselves. So whether it is me to you or you to them, this is what you must do to accomplish what God has placed in your life. The first thing you got to do is you got to live it before you can declare it. You started, you got to start living what God has birthed in you. Be, people... They, they, they look at my life and they, they follow my life and they said, man, you're passionate about what you do. Can I tell you something? There's no other way to be. Two weeks ago, I talked about passion, that it is the root and the fruit of vision. If you aren't passionate about what you are, I was talking to John, John Mark this morning. I don't know if you watch Facebook, but he just brought down one of the great... It was, was it a muley or a whitetail? What was it? I'm sorry? Mule, mule deer. I mean, it's gorgeous. This thing was huge. I mean, John Mark's kind of bulky, but this thing was bulkier than him. And it was just a gorgeous... It was a, it was a buck in the felt, and, and maybe you like that, you don't like it. I looked at it and said, wow. You know, yeah, we're having dinner. When? The whole church to the Jaramillo home. Okay. You talk to the Jaramillos. You talk to, I mean, I can use Jack again. People that, hunters, they're passionate. They will go and scope hills for weeks at a time. 
They will find. I looked at something. I think it was. I think it was John Senior put on there. Had a picture. It was real fuzzy of this huge bull elk. And they jokingly said, "Yeah, it's tied to a tree over here. I know where it's going to be when I come back." But they scope, they, they go out and they find, they're passionate. They crawl on their, literally, on their hands and knees to try to get the best position they can get to get to do things. Another guy is Ryan Matlock over here. You know what Ryan started doing? Skydiving. Somebody look at him and say, what? I never figured I'd jump in, I'd go up in a hundred thousand dollar plane or a million dollar plane that's perfectly good and then just for no reason at all jump out of it. I figure if it takes me up, it should bring me down. But Ryan looking for a quicker way. But I talked to him about it and he's passionate. Ladies and gentlemen, you got to live it before you can declare it. Could you imagine me being a pastor say, now you ought to come to Victoria's Life. It's a really cool place. Or walk up and knock on the door. Hey, come to my church. They'd close the door and say, why? You got to live it. You see, they need to see it in your life. I'm watching the the Olympics, and I told you last week about a a girl. I actually went out and found the clipping, and I was going to use it. But the way they took pictures of her and stuff like that, I'm thinking, you know, is it more the run or is it the girl they're getting interested in? And but but she was so focused on winning. She was there, and it was 2012. She was from Australia. You can go look it up. And she was doing the hurdles. And she was just limbering up and doing all the stuff that they do. And man, she was just. Her eyes were just a glaze of what was ahead of her. But she knew there was other people surrounding her. She caught somebody's eye, I think, up in the crowd. And she waved. You saw her wave at somebody. But man, she was right. She was, she was limbering and she was jumping. She was hopping. She was doing the whole, all that limbering stuff that you do. And all of a sudden, they got in the blocks. The gun cracked. She wasn't looking back. She said, I got a goal. I got a purpose. I got a pursuit. I got a plan. Catch me if you can. And she went and she won. The only time she turned her head was when she was about to cross the finish line just to see where, how far back everybody was. She knew. She lived it before she ever ran it. The second thing is talk about what you believe with enthusiasm. You got a passion, you got a burden, you got a, you got a vision. Talk about it. Let them hear the excitement in your voice. It's like the, the atheist who used to go see George Whitfield preach back in England. Whitfield would, would, you know, thousands would come and watch him. And this town atheist, I mean, the guy everybody knew, he didn't believe anything, but he would never miss George Whitfield's meetings. Do you know why? He was confronted by one of his atheist friends who they, they believe everything together. They do all their stuff together. And he said, what in the world are you going to that preacher's meeting? You don't believe any of that. You know, his response was, you're right, but he sure does. He said, I can't stay away. You see, it's contagious. It's like a wildfire. 
The thing that, that firefighters hate the most is a wildfire. It's one they can't contain or control. That's what happens when you have a vision. You speak about it with enthusiasm. I'm reminded of Paul. Remember Paul? He's at the end of his life. And he says words like, I'm ready to be offered. My time is at hand. And I'm looking forward to this. I mean, it's like he's going on a cruise or something. He's he's preparing to die. And he's talking about it with enthusiasm. Because he said, I know the one that I'm going to see. The third thing is you have to apply it to your life. What's the difference between that one and the first one? Is they have to see it by your actions. You can't just talk about it. you got to walk it out. You know in Christianity they say don't walk the walk or don't talk the talk if you can't walk the walk. Well, folks, that's, that's, that's every part of our life. The next thing is we must show them what they can do To be part of it. Let them see. How it will affect them. When I started. With this. Series. I used the passage of Elijah. And Elijah was on the mountainside. And he was. Telling his servant. That the rain is going to come. Well it hadn't rained for seven years. But he said the rain's going to come. And he had to stay after his servant that his servant could see with his eyes what Elijah had already seen in his heart. That he could make him a part of it. And the last thing in your notes is we have to help them see the big picture. What is the big picture? I I use those words with everybody in leadership here. One of the statements that I say when you decide to come into leadership, you decide to come into ministry, is the first thing I tell them is your job's not to do the job. Your job's to get the job done. What does that mean? Your job, first and foremost, is to get your second person, which is ultimately your first person, because they're the ones that are going to do what you do even if you don't show. And that is what... You do as you develop that. Why? Because the big picture is everything that happens happens for a reason and there has to be a reason that I'm involved in what's happening. And that's what leadership is. Leadership is not doing the job. Leadership is getting the job done. When you let somebody know how eternity is affected, I was out at at, uh, Canyon Diablo with Ed Scott. And because of the rains and stuff, the, the attendance didn't get huge. And he was talking about how the road from Loop just gets all muddy. And, and he, he actually got text messages from people that turned back and, and different things like that. But you know what I told Ed? I said, God knows who's going to be here. I don't care if there's one or a thousand. I didn't come for money. I didn't come for numbers. I came for Jesus. And we had a great time, didn't we, Ed? We had a great time. Uh, yesterday, Marty and Marty and, and, uh, and, uh, uh, Marty and her, Marty's husband, Walter, Begay, they, they came out. And they were a part of the meeting with us. And, and uh, uh, Yvette uh, uh, was there. These are all people that come to our church. They came out because they knew there was a meeting going on. And we didn't have huge numbers, but we had lives changed. 
The first service, people raising their hand for salvation. Second service, I preached four times in, in, in 14 hours. Well, that's not as bad as when I go to Africa, when Pastor Philemon and I go, I'll be, I'll be, I'll be in a week's worth of meetings and, and preach some 30, 35 times. That's why we do what we do. That's why we go where we go. Is to affect eternity. To get lives changed. Can you say amen? A poem that I want to share with you is a poem. I think I've shared it before. I don't know for sure. But I have over the years. It's a poem that goes like this. I counted dollars while God counted crosses. I counted gains and God counted losses. I counted my, mer- my worth by things gained in store, but he sized me up by the scars that I bore. I counted honors and sought for degrees when Jesus counted the hours that I spent on my knees. And it ends, I never knew until one day by the grave how vain are the things we spend life to save. What is the reason we do what we do? If I had, I would. That's your vision. It's everything you would focus your life on. Matthew chapter 6 verses 19 and 21 says it this way. Do not store for yourself treasures on earth where moth and rust do destroy and where thieves break in to steal. But store for yourselves treasures in heaven where moth and rust do not destroy and thieves do not break in to to steal. And then look what it says here in the last line of the verse. For where your treasure is, that is where your heart will be also. What you treasure the most, that is the vision of your life. That is the purpose of your life. In a nutshell, I've shared it with this church since the day we began. Our vision locally is to affect the lives of our people that they can affect the lives of their people. It's all about saving souls. It's all about equipping the saints. And it's all about building the kingdom. Nationally and internationally, it is to affect the potential of the people's leaders. When I go internationally and I go around the world or even here in Flagstaff, my greatest desire is to touch a a, a people's leader. You know why? If I can touch that people's leader, I can touch that leader's people. I go and I come, but they stay. They stay. Pastor Philemon and I have done many uh, leadership conferences in 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 uh, in Nairobi, where his church is over there, and we've seen hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of pastors come uh, to dedicate themselves and commit their lives. And Pastor Philemon, before he came to the states, because uh, the last leadership conference in the church was the one we did, isn't it? That's why. Hopefully, next year you pray for us that we can get back to Kenya. To do another leadership conference. He said that they, I, I would take syllabus. I always give material. I put a syllabus together of everything I'm teaching. It's like I'm giving them my notes just like I do you. And he said, you know, pastor, months later, years later, oh, they're dog-eared and they're beaten down and stuff. But he says, I watch them. They still got that syllabus in their pocket. They're preaching it everywhere. They're teaching it. You know what I'm doing? I'm growing people and I'm not even there. That's called vision. That's called purpose and passion. You put something in their hands. You put something in their lives. 
here in Flagstaff. I have people come up to me literally on a daily basis. Oh, you're the guy on the radio. You're the guy on the radio. I'm talking to somebody and all of a sudden just during this building project, I'm talking to somebody and all of a sudden they stop talking and they start listening. The different contractors, they stop. They're trying to figure out, where did I know this? Where did I know this? You're the guy. You're the voice on the radio. And you know what I hear? Without exception, man, those little messages make a difference. They've made a difference in my life. You see, folks, I will never do what God called me to do inside four walls. You will never do what God called you to do unless you get up and do something about what God birthed in your life. You got to get out. You got to step out. That other people can step in. You see, at VLCC, what I want to do is very simple. And I have it up on the screen. What I want to do is very simple. I want to encourage you with the ministry that I can equip you for the ministry and then be able to enlist you in the ministry. That's everything that I live for. That's everything that consumes me. Because I know that churchianity will never save the world. It is Christ in us that is the hope of glory. And that is called Christianity. It is Christianity not in four walls. But on two legs that go out there and live the exact same thing they believe. And they're passionate about it. You can make your life. And the ministry of VLCC, a powerful tool for God's use and God's glory. But it's up to you. It's up to me as an individual. We must not ask, what can God do with us? We start beginning to ask, what can we do for God? Folks, if I could somehow put my heart inside of you... Man, if I could just let you see what my eyes see. But I can't. But you know what? God can. God can. And if you desire, He will. If we can but see the yonder self, we, by God's grace, will be able to go beyond ourselves on the road of life wherever we are may God guide our way as we reach for a star may we always find while he is close by no dream is too lofty nor goal is too high when I consider the privilege I have in the ministry called Victorious life. When I consider this ministry, I think of the world. I think God is beginning to open doors in the Navajo Nation for our church. I believe God is beginning to open doors with the Hopi people. I believe God is specifically relocating us to the heart of Flagstaff because that's where the majority of the Spanish people live. I believe God is doing things. When I think of this ministry, I think of the world. 
You know why? Because I believe anything less than that would not be worthy of the cause of Christ nor his will from my life or yours. God's grace. Did you, did you learn something today? Did this help you? Did this help you today? Next week, by God's grace, what I'm going to do is I'm going to try to help you to see now that you have begun to see a vision for your life, how to bring it to fruition, to fulfill all that God has for your life. You, you don't want to miss next Sunday. You don't want to miss next Sunday. Everything we do in this church is to grow people, to take people from where they are to where they need to be. And that's in a, de- a deeper relationship with Christ. So I encourage you. I encourage you. I encourage you to take your notes home. Go to our podcast. Bob, pretty much every Sunday, uh, Monday, I think at the latest, he'll have today's message up on our podcast. And it's free for everybody. It's free for all those that want to get the notes. They're right there on the website. The recording is right there. You can download it for free. I've had people over the years say, Pastor, stop giving this stuff away free. My goodness, Jesus gave it to me free. Why can't I give it to you free? I can't change the world by by copywriting everything. They got to buy the book then. I know that's not necessarily smart business thinking, but I'm in an eternal business. I have to think smart that way. So download it. Listen to it. Last week, the last two weeks and this week. And I believe you will find exactly what God has planned for your life. Next week, I'm going to help you put legs to that. By God's grace, I'm going to help you put legs. You see, that's my passion as your pastor. I want to grow people. I want to grow people. Let's pray. Father, thank you. Thank you. Thank you for your great grace. Thank you, Lord, for the ability that you gave us 2,000 years ago. And that is to be able to see beyond ourselves. You stepped out of heaven, came to earth. You took the form of a servant to help us to understand that it's all about what you want to do through our lives to affect more lives. Help us, God, to grow. Help us to become all that you've called us to be. Help us to do all that you've called us to do. God, without you, we can do nothing. But through you, we can do all things. Help us to get beyond ourselves. Help us to realize there's more going on than what's going on. Help us to know that there's more to life than living and dying. Help us to see the big picture of everything we do today affects tomorrow and ultimately eternity. Help us, God. Help us, God, to develop a passion for souls, a purpose for people, a pursuit for your promise. That's why we should live. Now, Father, 
thank you for these men and women. God, there may be some here that don't even know you. Oh, like the song we sang, Good, Good Father, they've heard stories. They've been looking for answers. But the Lord, they're looking in all the wrong places. God, in Jesus' name, today, help us to see beyond ourselves. Help us to see that we might become all you've called us to be. As heads are bowed and eyes are closed, just for a moment, let me ask you quickly, if you're here and you don't know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, you're not saved. Or maybe you were at one time, but today you walk a distance. Oh, I know, folks. Stuff happens. Life. Life is tough. Life is tough. Jesus said, in this world, we're going to have problems. But in him, we can have peace. And the reason we can, because he overcame the world. Maybe you're not living for God today. Your heart's not right with God. Whatever the case is, whatever's going on, And you say, Pastor, I need to get my heart right with God. I need to come home. I need to rededicate my life to you. With heads bowed and eyes closed, nobody looking around. If that's you, if that's you, would you just lift your hand up quickly and put it right back down? I just want to pray with you. I'm not going to ask you to come forward. Yes, I see that hand. I'm not going to ask you to come forward. I'm just going to pray with you. Right where you're at. Others, lift your hand up high quickly. Put it right back down. I want to pray with you. Yes, I see that hand. Be honest with God. Be honest with yourself. Folks, He knows you. He said, everything that's done in darkness, I'm going to bring out into the light. He knows where you are. He knows what you've done. He knows where you've been. But ladies and gentlemen, He's the only one that can help you get from there to where you're going. Before I change the order of this service, if your heart's not right with God, you haven't raised your hand left yet, and you say, Pastor, would you would you include me in your prayer? I want to pray. I want to ask Jesus to forgive me and to help me. If that's you, quickly lift your hand up, put it right back down. Yes, I see that hand back there. God bless. Heads are bowed and eyes closed. I don't want anybody looking around. I want you to pray a prayer with me. I've had people over the years say, Pastor, praying a prayer, what good does that do? <laughs> it does all the good. Because the Bible says faith comes by hearing and hearing by God's word. If you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus, it goes on to say, He will, First uh, John, He said He will cleanse you, help you, heal you. You confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus, believe in your heart that God's raised Him from the dead, you shall be saved. See, confession, prayer, That's all the plan. So I want everybody to pray this prayer. But then I want you to do something after you pray it. I want you to try to find somebody like myself, Pastor Ray, Pastor Philemon, one of the people in the church who say, I prayed that prayer. Because the Bible also says, confess me before men, I'll confess you before my Father. So I want you to do that. But the third thing, I want you to look at the big picture. I want you to start today. To live a different life. I want you to start living a life of passion, of pursuit, of purpose. That you can see the vision God has birthed in you come to pass. Every head bowed and every eye closed, pray this prayer with me. I'm going to say it. I want you to repeat it. I don't want you to be just lips, just words. I want you with all your heart to mean this. 
Say, Lord Jesus. Everyone in this room, say, Lord Jesus. Could you turn the music down a little bit, please, Victor? Bring everything down just a little bit. Let's try it again. Everybody together, Lord Jesus, help me. I know life is hard, but you give me the strength that I can live life. Today, I ask you to help me. Forgive me of my sins, my failures, my shortcomings. I recommit my life to you. I dedicate my life to you. From this day forward, I believe you're God's son and man's only hope. Come into my heart. Forgive me. Cleanse me. Save me. And from today forward, I'm going to live for you. In Jesus' name. You can look at me. A very simple message about the purpose God has for your life. It's called vision. Start today and say, God, as for me and my house, we're going to serve God. And from this day forward, the entire world's going to know that I'm serving you. Amen. Pastor Tim Masters with this week's message on the Destined to Win podcast. Destined to Win is made possible with the prayerful and financial support of those destined to win. To donate online, visit vlccaz.org. That's vlccaz.org. Destined to Win is a production of Victorious Life Christian Center with services Sunday mornings at 10 at the Flagstaff Middle School Complex. I'm Joe Harding. For Pastor Tim Masters and the congregation at Victorious Life Christian Centers, you're invited to join us here next week for another edition of the Destined to Win podcast. We'll be right back.